Are you ready for cocktails and conversation? This is Herspiration Happy Hour. Happy Wednesday and welcome to another episode of Herspiration Happy Hour. It is season four. This is episode three and we are just pushing through even though we have all of this craziness going on. So, you know, it's Wednesday. How are you ladies doing today? We are good. That's good. That's good. That's good. And we got, oh Lord, we have so many technical difficulties going on. It's crazy, but we're going to just mesh through it and push through. This is what happens when, you know, everything is live now, <laughs> unlike, you know, any other time. This is your girl, the unapologetic diva, Dr. G. This is Cortina Peters, a.k.a. the Girlfriend Therapist. And this is Louisa Harrell, a.k.a. Radio Red. And uh, while you guys are trying to catch your breath from all our craziness, me too, apparently, because I don't know what's going on with my device. Um, <laughs> let me give you a cocktail. So tonight, since it's been a little cool, I figured we might warm up a little bit with a, a Toby's toddy. So um, you do, this toddy has cognac, aged rum, <clears throat> lemon juice, simple syrup, and uh, five dashes of bitter. So you add all these ingredients to uh, three ounces of boiling water inside of a mug. And you garnish this with uh, a cinnamon stick and a lemon wheel. Mm -hmm. You know, a slice of lemon. Mm-hmm. And, and then the mocktail, you would just take uh, and warm apple cider and lemon juice and honey and mix it in some hot tea in a mug and, and garnish it with a lemon wheel. Well, okay. That sounds good to me. It's something that I have to try. I like warm drinks. <laughs> From me? Yeah, I feel like you're, you're kind of echoey or just coming through. You know, I don't know. It's so weird. Maybe it could just be on my side. No, it's silent here. <laughs> I don't know. Then what am it I hearing? It may be the little person in my background. I don't know. No, it's it's like an oh, echo okay. sound that's you know that I'm hearing. I don't know. This this whole thing has been wonky and wacky. Anyhow, it's Wednesdays, and of course we have our women crushes. Are y'all ladies ready? I Cortina? have mine. Okay, well, let's go. Let's roll with it, Cortina. Um, mine is Miss Ivory Shields. She is a spiritual coach, a mindset coach, an actress, and she is also an iHeartRadio host on ATL Talks. She's also um, a um, occupational therapist. And so she hosts a talk show on ATL Talks, like I said. And I mean, she really just does it for the culture. She's based in Atlanta. She is absolutely gorgeous. She has a beautiful spirit. And I had the pleasure of being interviewed on her show. And just the wisdom that she has and the warmth and her personality is absolutely amazing. And so she can be found at I Am Ivory Shields on Instagram. So go follow her and get some of her good juju. I think we all need some good juju. You know, I was just going to shout out because I really didn't have a, um, a particular crush. So I wanted to just shout out all the women, all the ladies that have been working and dealing with this whole situation of the pandemic. 
um, having to adjust their schedule when they have children or grandchildren or nieces and nephews or um, having to figure out how to work virtually and just learn how to navigate through this whole thing that's been going on. So I just wanted to shout all the ladies out. And of course, our men, our fellas are doing the same. But this is Women Crush Wednesday. So I just want to shout out all the ladies. So my woman crush this week is a young lady by the name of Tammy Reese, who is a writer. She does PR stories. I mean, and some of the way that she writes are so amazing. I've had the opportunity to be on different press junkets with her. So I just want to really shout her out, you know, for anyone who is looking to get some branding and get some information out there about themselves. Definitely look up Tammy Reese. Uh, she's on Instagram and, you know, you really can't miss her. So ladies, it is Black History Month and there are so many things that's really going on. So I want to really just like get your take on what your thoughts are um, since it is, you know, a time that we should be recognizing, you know, black culture and black people and just people who are doing dynamic things. So what are some of your takes on this? So my whole thing, like even starting last year, you know, it was this big move and I'm, I'm glad it came to support black business. So, you know, I don't believe that I'm doing anything overly extra than what I was already doing, you know, last year, rooting for everything black, buying everything black, everything black, black, um, so that that's just me. I'm just going to continue doing uh, what I do, just supporting, circulating the black dollar. Uh, one of the events that the Black Health Commission, I sit on the board, that we're doing this year is an event called um, the Black Dollar. And so it's a virtual pop-up shop. Um, so if you are interested in being a part of that, you can look up the Black Dollar um, with the Black Health Commission on uh, Eventbrite. And so that's how we want to keep circulating the Black Dollar in our community because we have so many amazing products, so many gifts, so many talents. And I think that people from all across the nation and it's virtual can be a part of this and we can help support one another. Sometimes we forget how powerful our money is in the community. And so when, when we get to a place where we are able to see the power of our dollar, we will really know the power that we have as a whole. Oh, I absolutely 100% agree with spending your money where it matters. And I support tons of Black businesses. And, you know, speaking of Black business. Our topic today, you know, we, is about, you know, books and selling books. Cortina, you and I are both authors, and I believe you too, Louisa, right? Uh, yes, and I'm working on two children's books. Yeah, so all mm -hmm. of us being authors today is mm -hmm. going to be really nice because our guest is a publisher and is going to really be able to drop some gems for us and whatnot. And so she's here, and we're going to bring her on very excited to have her hello, on here. Hello. Hey, awesome. how are you? I'm good. How are you, ladies? We are great. We're good. I am so yes. excited to have you on and, you know, just really talk about, you know, to a lot of people who are authors and are, that have questions about being a publisher and the fact that this is what you do, that you're going to be able to give some tips and drop some, you know, 
some gems on us. And so I want you to introduce yourself to everyone, of course, and just let everybody know what you do. Great. Well, sorry, I'm having a little like it's happy hour, right? So I brought a little uh, I'm going to drink us to, to happy hour. Well, of course. Uh, yes, I mean, yeah. Oh, OK, it's the end of my day here. Um, <laughs> Angela. <laughs> um, and this is my this is my first time doing like this kind of format. So this is really interesting. This is cool. This is live. Is, is that right? We're not editing any of this. Whatever I say, I say, okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, I'm Angela Engel. I am the founder, the publisher, the CEO, owner of the Collective Book Studio. We're out here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I live, happen to live in Oakland, but my team is, uh, you know, San Francisco, Chico, Oakland, no, Oakland, another one, you know, San Francisco. So anyway, we're just here in the Bay Area and um, we are a collective of really a lot of um, people who come from traditional publishing spaces, we, whether that be Weldon Owen or 10 Speed Press that now is an imprint of um, Random House. Uh, we come from Chronicle Books, uh, uh, Cameron and Company, all kinds of places. And what we've done is we formed a collective of people who are designers, editors, myself is sales, marketing, and business development, and have are offering a new way of publishing, which I call partnership publishing. And it's really different um, because we have access to the traditional space because we've been in it. I've been in it for 20 years. I mean, collectively hundreds of years probably like com with Chris Hemeseth in technical production, Dean Burrell in managing ed. I got Elizabeth Saki who was at literary agency and then she used to sell borders. So we just have a lot of experience which gives a which allows us to kind of disrupt the industry in a different way. Does that sort of answer what I do? <laughs> I <Yeah>. make <laughs> So how'd you end up getting into this career, did it kind of just happen by happenstance? Did you fall into it? Was it something you always wanted to do? How did that happen? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. So I'm um I was a comparative lit and a creative writer. I went to the University of Oregon. Um I I wanted to be a writer like when I was in the third grade. I grew up in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, my alma mater is South High. But by third grade, I was like, I think I want to be a writer. I like telling stories. And um, so when I went to the university, I was actually an English major to start. And then I was like, God, I don't want to read Milton. So I, I ended up, um, <laughs> I was like, he's boring. So I ended up uh, going over to com comparative literature where I read, you know, Toni Morrison's Song of Solomon and Gabrielle Garcia Mar Marquez's or sorry, Gabriel Garcia Marquez's song, um, uh, Hundred Years of Solitude, Tony Morrison's Song of Solomon. And um, really a book that changed me was actually an Argentinian writer, um, which was called The History of Reading by, by Alberto Manguel. And he started, this is literally what, what I do. Like I fell in love with the idea of making books because he's talking about when we used to like paint paintings, right? Before the written word, and then we and we told stories and then we came up with a scroll like this idea and writing. And then finally, we figured out how to actually make a book, like print our books. 
And, and, and that idea morphed into this, this concept that we fell in love with, right? Like you go, he talks about, you go to your coffee shop with your book and then you spill your coffee all over the pages, but you fell in love with the girl at the coffee shop. So the book becomes part of you. You remember like why you love Song of Solomon might because she's a great writer, but it's also because the experience, where did you read it? Who were you in love with at the time? So when I, when I read, when I read his book, I was like, God, I love publishing. Like I, so I actually ended up in my, right out of college, applying to get a job. I had a, my roommate was, had, I was from Napa and uh, we was like, Hey, let's go move to the Bay area. You're young. And I got a job in publishing in like marketing, like literally at the Xerox machine, like doing whatever. Xeroxing, Xeroxing tip sheets, like, and um, just about a year so and a half. Instead of uh, getting coffee, you did copies. <laughs> I did, co- <laughs> I did copying. <laughs> yep, and I did copying, and I had a great boss. She was incredible. She was just like really a great mentor, and she had come from New York from Broadway Books. She was Cindy Crawford's publicist, and she was bright. And she just was like, Angela, you're not really a marketing person. Uh, I think you'd be better in sales. And so anyway, that's, I ended up, she, they ended up finding a job for me. And this was like 20 years ago. And um, back then I was like, Jeff Bezos was in a garage, you know, talking about print on demand and selling. He was just a bookseller, right? Amazon started as a bookseller. People forget that. I did not know that. Yeah, he started as a bookseller, selling books. And so, so anyway, it was like, and he was talking about print on demand and lightning source. And we were like, what is he talking about? We should have listened to him. But anyways, um, what happened at that moment for me was like, hey, we could sell books outside of the book trade, right? Borders was in Walden. Remember Walden books? Yes. Um, and um, we, I started selling books into anthropology, into uh, Urban Outfitters, Papyrus, like back then. And um, I was young and I was like, books are like beautiful and products and all this stuff. And I ended up um, reading a great book called What Colors Your Parachute that 10 Speed Press published, which Rick Bull says in this book, what color is your parachute? For some people, it's purple. For some, it's green. But what does that really mean? It means like, where, where do you want to do? What is your passion? And I really like thought about it. And I was like, huh, I want to go work for this company. I like this book. So I actually wrote the company a letter. They were located in Berkeley. And I told them why they should hire me. And they did. He brought me in. He was like, and I was in my 20s. And I ended up, um, helping um, kind of cultivate mass market sales for them. So selling to HEB down in Texas, Wegmans Grocery, Kroger, um, and Costco and Target. And I got the book back into Target and I started getting actually books into Target. And then that's when Chronicle Books found me and was like, probably like, hey, this is what we do. We're really good at it at Chronicle Books. Like they're, they're the pioneers of like getting a book, not in a bookstore. So they, I got headhunted to Chronicle Books, and that kind of, that's sort of the, where the story kind of gets to where we are today, which is 
the collective book studio is truly these we're like magic we're like the people out of the west coast who think differently in publishing like we think about it from everything from how it the paper feels to stamping and it comes from like the idea that a book is like it's it's a product right it's something that we're proud of both from editorially but as well as in design so that's it very nice I like when you <laughs> talked about, you know, like your passion. My daughter and I had a conversation a while back and she wasn't sure about, she was like, mom, you keep getting on me about finding my passion. And so she was like, I'm not passionate about anything. And then like maybe two weeks later, she came to me and she was like, you know what? I found it. I'm passionate about writing. She loves writing. Oh, so, yeah. and uh, Pam, you know this story. Yeah. And uh, so she started a writing club at her school. Um, and she also started a writing club on Instagram. And so for Christmas, I incorporated it. And I, that was her 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 gift. I, I bought, and it's called Writer's Block for Teens. And huh. that's her business. And she <laughs> loves writing. And that's what she does. She found her passion. So I think that is absolutely amazing that you kind of took your own parachute and wrote the letter and you're kind of like just following your dream. When you reflect back on where you were and where you are now, what happens to you? What are some of your thoughts? You know, this is such a great conversation. I, I First of all, I want to know what you all do and I want to dive into that too, because it's like, if you ask me where I am today, I'm here. Like I'm here with you ladies. And to get here is like, for me, it like brings me joy. Like, it's like, I did something right in the world. My, whether that be my optimism, whether that be hope, whether that just be like grateful, be, being grateful for the, for the access, the blessings that I have been able to do. So when I look back at what I always have led with, I think I've always led with this question of, well, why not? Like, if you're, why are you telling me no? There's, life is full of possibility. And I, I was actually talking to a dear, dear friend of mine last night. And um, who I was, you know, in life, you don't get a lot of dear friends from work. It's a very competitive life. We could talk all night on the competitiveness of women at work. <laughs> That's a different topic. But this is one of the most dear friends of mine, Chronicle Books. And um, it's rare to find friendships that close within when you started as a work, like in work together, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we are, and I call, and she says to me, which I thought was so wonderful. She said, because I was like, God, how am I here already? Like, I can't believe it. I'm in my 43. I've got three babies. One's already in seventh grade. Like they're all girls. Like how did, this is amazing. Like I built this totally different business and it's going into year three and I think it's going to work. And she says to me, Angela, who's she's known me for a long time. You've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. We knew you could just do this. And I think when you talk about your daughter with that, she's found like she's writing, she's founding this website. Like there are some of us humans, that's our color of our parachutes, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're made to be entrepreneurs. Like not everyone is like in this book, it says own your parachute. If you love 
to like literally do data entry all day, like you just love it, like that is your thing. Don't feel bad. Don't expect that you're supposed to go become an entrepreneur. If that's what you want to do, that's what it's a career book. He's like, own your own your passion. And so it was nice to be validated of like, oh, you're right. Like I was the girl who wrote that letter to to 10 speed and got that job. Or I was the I was the girl that like, so I left publishing honestly, for about six years because I was in a meeting in Target in corporate offices with a big brand called Dwell Studio. She was in Target um, home and baby. And she saw me work. We were working on a book project for Target. And um, after that meeting, a few months later, she calls me and she's like, can you just come work with me? There's something called Amazon. And I like cannot get my head around it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I actually went to do that for a little while and manage that interesting beast. And, um, and um, but I missed publishing. I really did. I had to come back here. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a creative industry and really great people. Oh, wow. So then, you know, I'm an author, Cortina's an author. What would you give some tips to authors who are wondering if they should go with a publisher or not? I think it's about knowing your, so first of all, what is your genre, right? Like, like you have to be able to really understand, is it a memoir? Is it sci-fi? Is it fiction? Is it self-help? Is it fitness? Is it poetry or food and lifestyle, like children's? What is your genre? And that is the best, I, like first, you got to start there. And then once you know your genre, then research the options within that genre. Meaning, traditional. Who are the agents that are agenting publishing houses that the books you like? And who are those agents? And and I would offer network. If you want a traditional house, like just like I wrote that letter, it takes a lot of work to get an agent. It's about access and it's hard. So like, who do you know? How can help you? And and is that route for you? Right. I have to say it's a long, it's a lot of work and it's um, takes time. Like it's a lot. And so that's one, one thing. There are also a lot of great independent small presses in a genre that you may be writing and that you just don't know about that would take you on. And that an agent often is overlooking those small houses because they may not really give you an advance. They may give you only a very small advance. And don't forget an agent doesn't get paid unless you make money. Unless they get right, they get a cut. So if they think, why would I go to that publisher? They only give five thousand dollars, three thousand dollars. I'm not really going to make much. And so then they, you know, then you're really in a small pool of people in the big five, right? And that's why it's so hard to get published. Mm. So then there's self-publishing, which I understand the attraction to it. It's a big business. Um, it's faster. You own your IP, you own your intellectual property. Uh, you don't have to wait three years. Um, you have access, you have access to your work, you have access to your, your community, but it also has its limitation. You're on your own. Mm. I always say you, you don't know what you don't know. I think we actually said that how we met or something like, I love that idea. Like you, 
you don't know what you don't know. So if you're not a publisher, how are you going to expand? How are you going to get out of like your community? How are you going to let other people know about you? And like, that's a lot of work, right? And so if you got to do that on your own, it's even harder. But if you, that's where I came in and was like, wait, if I found a collective, then I'm not, then there's another way, right? There's another, like, you don't have to be on your own. So self-publishing, I think works if when you have like a big speaking platform and you're speaking a lot and maybe you go TEDx and, you know, maybe you're speaking at Microsoft and there's a reason as a speaker's tool, there's a huge reason for your book. I think those are successful. They can be successful. I think that businesses who might have a certain retail idea or location um, could succeed making book as product, 100%. I think, though, that if you want to be in bookstores or retail outlets, self-publishing is very limited. Okay. Well, that's good to know. There's a lot of people who are moving towards self-publishing because it's so hard to get their books accepted by publishers or it's just taking a very long time for their book to be published. I know that they, or they just have some really terrible experiences with publishers and they, you know, it's about losing bits of the creativity. It's, uh, it's a, a bunch of different things that are in play. And so, you know, as a publisher, at what point do you have people who write books make changes to some of the context or some of the creativity that, you know, some writers put into those books? Yeah. So we do, we're more selective. So we do have a submissions process. And so I say this, which I said at Publishers Weekly, our clients choose us as much as we choose them. Um, why I call myself partnership publishing. I I am so like I wear my I've been told this I like wear my emotions on my sleeve. I'm pretty like this is how it goes. Like I I I don't I like to really be upfront with the clients prior to even signing a contract, which is about in the end. Um, so I'm different. You hire us to do a creative service. So you own all your IP. You have to. So like, let's say you, let's take a genre I do. Let's say you're doing a self-care book and we want to hire an illustrator. You're going to actually pay that illustrator and you're going to own that illustration. In a publishing house, We they acquire your IP. You don't own any of that. So for me, it's like, you'll then own the illustration we, I could always, either you do the negotiation or I'm happy I've done it for clients. I'm happy to do the negotiation. We, do, we, we come up with what it's going to cost and then how you, how, what our use is. So may, but then it's ultimately your use. I had to remind that of a client the other day because she hired us because we also have in-house illustrators like to recreate these charts. And I said, you realize you own those charts. So you're allowed to offer them to a pub, another publication because it's your IP. So you can go to the Washington Post or Huffington Post or Forbes and actually offer to republish some of this really great content mm-hmm. and um, and use the illustration. And a lot of publishers won't let you do that, right? So that's why I was like, hey, there has to be something other than Amazon and traditional. There has to be kind of some other way to 
to publish in 2021 and two, you know, like, God. Um, and also the idea of how long it takes. Let's address that. It should not take this long. So that is what why I also founded the collective, is that I was like, you guys, we're asking people to wait three years to get published. Like that, when I went to fashion, I was working at Dwell Studio and I had Whole Foods as a client. They say, oh, we like those puzzles. We like those prints. But like, I want it on a baby layout on a, on a onesie. And I'm like, okay, we can do that, right? It's fashion. Like, you like that print? Put it on fit. We have the factory. Boom, it's in store in nine months. I was like, in publishing, you got a great idea. You're moving your business along. But you gotta, and you you've got a reason and tough, but you can't get a book for three years. Like that to me is kind of nutty, right? If you think about it. So I developed the collective book studio to sort of say, hey, yeah, it does take time to make a great book. We still have to go through editorial, we still have to go layout and design. And that will take a year, but mm-hmm. a year is not three years. <laughs> it sounds like it's a great hybrid between the traditional yeah. publishing house and self-publishing where it's yeah. like the perfect marriage between both worlds. Yes, that's what I've formed. Exactly. Okay. A middle road. Very nice. nice. So have you ever yeah, had I, I wrote who, on my blog. What? No, um, have you had any um, authors that have self-published and then come to you with help or or have you ever had that happen? How does that work? Yes, I, yeah, I have. So um, Parenting with Sanity and Joy, this is our book. So she uh, was a self-published author and she networked with me and I was doing the collective book studio and, you know, people know about us like really word of mouth, like mostly and um because we've been around for so long and she was like hey could do you mind can I just send you a copy of my book I said sure so she, I get the copy of her book and Sue Groner was like Angela be completely honest you've been in traditional publishing for 20 years like nothing can hurt me and I said oh honey the content is great but oi like I would not like no like we got to redo the package. We got to like, no, like the package. So like, look at her package now. It's got a ribbon. It has got like beautiful. I mean, look at that. It's got drawings and illustration. It's mm. like got end sheets and color. And I mean, it is a totally different, but it flexes, it lays flat. I mean, look, we did it. We hired a illustrator mm. to like do original illustrations oh. to go with the and the book is gorgeous. It is gorgeous, right? And the and 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 we got a real win. The book got picked up by Real Simple Magazine, and we got a four-page spread. Wow! And when you ask me if yes, self-publishing often comes. I've got lots of books, and some I take, and some I don't. A lot of times, people will come to me and go, hey, I self-publish a book. Can you offer marketing or sales? And we don't. Because in the end, I have full distribution with Chicago Review Press. I, I um, Independent Publishers Group is the, is the, they're out of Chicago. They're also owned by Chicago Review Press and Triumph Books. And it's our brand, right? It's like, 
if I'm going to go to bat that like we deserve, I believe our books are, stand, are better even, but I definitely stand out from a crowd and are as great as any of the big five and some of the great independents. If I'm going to say that, then I got to, I have to also have like, um, what a quality control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so have, have you like a publisher? Have you ever had uh, creative differences between a writer who you wanted to tweak something and they were saying, no, but that's not how it is? Because personally, when I was writing, there's a slang words like South, you know, that maybe if you're not from the same cultural background, they won't understand. And I would use some euphemisms from me growing up. And so then when it went (laughs) to the editor, it was like slashed out. And I was like, no, that that's taking away from kind of the meaning um, of what I was trying to do. But, you know, that the editor was English. She was an English woman. And so that was different in and of itself. And so have you experienced those creative differences? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think that's part of making we that all the time. Right. And so that's the song and dance um, that we play. Um, So but those creative differences are often in traditional with the writers anyway. But the difference is, is that we've gone into partnership. So we have a mutual understanding to just respect each other and go, okay, where can we come? What is because our ultimate goal is the audience Mm -hmm. and to sell this book to that audience. So I always remind my clients, you've come to us for our advice so that it will sell. I I work really hard to match a team with the voice. So Mm -hmm. I can tell you all my clients are so happy because their editor is dedicated to their work. So the difference between what we do and a lot of other, I think a lot... I think that puts us ahead of competition is that you're let's, what is your subject? Can I, can I ask, what do you write? Like, what's your, what's your genre? Oh yes. So I, I'm self-help. So I'm a therapist. Okay. And so it was a little bit about me implementing therapy and uh, the wow effect, winning over whining. Oh, go, okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, okay, great. Uh, we lo- I, self-help is totally my category. Cause I, I mean, if you said science fiction, I'd be like, oh gosh, this is going to be hard for me to answer. Um, so trust me, <laughs> I, I don't know anything about science fiction. Um, so um, self-help. Okay. So this is the deal. We would take a look at your manuscript and then we would match you with an editor that we felt had a lot of experience within that space. So mm-hmm. you're getting an editor who's like diving it with you. You're talking it out. I look at your developmental editor as you're like coach, your writing coach, how you're going to get there, how you're going to get the arc going, how you're going to get the structure out. And then we take it from there. Um, Dean Burrell, he's our managing ad, like, well, you know, make sure we have copy proofing and proofreading and everybody can do that. Honestly, there's lots of people and self-publishing works. If you want to get copy editor, proofer, whatever, but while I'm talking real developmental edit where like they're going in it, this work with you and that's the difference of what we do. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
Very interesting. I know. I'm <laughs> I'm not I'm not self-help. I, I guess in a sort of way I can be because my books are it's like memoir, but it's also where people get to be introspective about and make some in order to effectively get rid of toxicity. I'm like, you know, Cortina's like, hey, rely on some therapy. It's about just finding ways to heal. So I guess it can be a little bit of self-help, a little bit of a memoir. Yeah, it's definitely uh, self-help. Yeah, in that kind of in that realm as well. So it's interesting um, to know all of these things that are out there, yeah. to, you know, in case I ever decide to work with a publisher. Exactly. So, Doctor, it's Pamela, right? Yes. Where, what, 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 what do you exact? Remind me of what you do. Um, I am a content writer. I do. I'm a media writer. Also, I'm a business strategist and consultant. So I help, you know, stand up businesses as a technical writer because I write business plans and business blogs and, uh, you know, media stories and all kinds of stuff. So basically, I'm a writer. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, I'm a writer, an author, a speaker. I'm a college professor. I'm a, I'm a whole lot of things. I wear a lot of different hats. Um but I love writing. I absolutely love writing. I love the way that you can just step out of, you know, out of your own way and just write uh, through other people's eyes and, you know, create stories about other people so that other people can see them from a different perspective. And I'm a very creative writer, um, whereas in I don't have a one way of writing media stories. My goal is always to really bring out the best in whatever story that I'm writing. So I do a lot of yeah, press. I, I mean, you kind of said it best. It's like how I always say, like, you know, books, they let us see outside of ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. We read often. I wrote this on my blog. I, you guys have to like. It's called. We, we read to know we're not we're not alone, right? We we. Uh, I think C.S. Lewis. It must have been. It was a quote around C.S. Lewis said something to that extent, and um, we really do read like because it allows us to like open up ideas that we didn't even know existed, right? And so the beauty about that's why I kind of my passion of why. I found it, found the collective book studio. And I think I met you, I think we were, I was in a clubhouse room, which is, I'm so new to the app and barely come on. Um, is that I want to get, like, I'm in a point in my life where I want to, under, I want to say, Hey, like, let's really talk about access because it is an issue. It is an issue uh, that the publishing industry is, it needs to address, right? Who's getting the agents? Who's getting the deals? Celebrities? influencers, but like Dr. Pamela Gray, you probably got all the credentials, if not more to write. Mm -hmm. So that's where I would say, if that's your parachute, then, you know, I, I, but what was holding it back is an archaic industry. That's not fair. And let's discuss that. Mm -hmm. That's where, like, why I think, you know, Publishers Weekly has called me a disruptor. I was just on a podcast and I, you know, they call me the disruptor. I'm like, good. I'll, I'm cool with that. Like if the industry wants to call me a disruptor, fine. <laughs> but it's like, it's now time for us to disrupt this industry that has like, that like self-publishing cannot be the only way because it's only allowing Amazon to control the market. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, so 
And so many people like yourselves, I can tell you're, it's not like you, you, you may print a few and can go to a few bookstores, but you're not going to get a warehouse and it's not your business, like to become a publisher, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Your business to do what you love and what your passion is. You got to take time to teach or whatever, you know, work on all the other content writing you're working on. So that's why I always say, like, do what you love. Let us manage the rest. (laughs) That's a brilliant way to put it. Um, Cortina, do you have any other questions to ask before you have to step off? She has an appointment for a client. So one of the natures of what you do, because she moved to such a beautiful office, now she has to work even harder. So beautiful. Do you have any questions for Angela before you have to run away? I don't. I just want to say I think this was an engaging, a great conversation. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners and also viewers will probably find a newfound parachute um, and want to dip their toe maybe into the writing world to see what that looks like. Because I think that you explained all dimensions of the writing process when it talks about you have the old publishing houses, self-publishing, and then you have us. So giving them a broad look at their different options. And I just think what you're doing is is, is uh, very much needed. And so thank you well, for what you do. Yes, well, thank you. And Cortina, before you leave, I just want to say thank you for having me as a guest because like you know, I'm a woman-owned business. It's not like I have a PR agency to let people know about what we're doing. I just want to give you grace for like, you know, there's no like PR person pitching this collective or it's me, right? So I just thank you and love to know where this new office is. Where are you located? (laughs) It's in Winter Park, Florida. Ah. If you, um, I don't think I have any pictures on my website, But it is a beautiful building. I will send some pictures to Pam and she can send them to you. (laughs) Sounds good. Are you guys all in Florida? No. We're in the Washington, D.C. area. Louisa and I are in the D.C. metro area and Cortina's in Florida. I'm with Mickey Mouse. Orlando. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Well, Cortina, I know you have to step off so we can finish finish the yes, ma'am. Because I I have some questions, especially you know being you know being tied to a lot of authors and a lot of authors that self publish. I'm going to also see if there's anybody that want to um, that's out there that have questions for you, Angela. Just so that if they have questions, they can Mm -hmm. get some answered from someone who specializes in you know making people's dreams come true, giving them that. All right, babe. Bye, Cortina. Daughter's website. Email me your daughter's website. Oh, I will. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So, so I do have a question. Are you still there, Angela? Yeah, I'm. I'm here. Okay. Okay. So, I do have a question in terms of you know for self publishers that you know. Oh, yes. So, to my sake, Cortina's energy is everything. It sure is always. So. I know that some of the classic questions that come to me whether when because I did self-publish by my own choice um, because I wanted to specifically create my book a specific way that I knew a publisher would not approve of, but I had my own rationale for it. <laughs> have my own rationale for it. Now, you know, as someone who is writing a second book, I'm doing another ebook that's going to be released really soon. 
And so for people who are self-publishing, what are some, you know, because, you know, what are the price ranges that, you know, so that they're not burned? Because I know a lot of people who don't go to publishers because they have been burned, you know, with terms of money, not getting anything that they're supposed to get. So if you go to a publisher, what should an author be expecting at a minimum that should be something that's mandatory when they're working with a publishing company? I love this question. So there is um, IBPA um, that everyone who's thinking um, of publishing should go to us. And they have an awesome resource that talks about hybrid publishing qualifications. So because there, you're right, there are a lot of services that claim to be publishers who do not have any distribution and it's basically like yourself publishing mm. and you need to be looking wow. at the criterias because one of the biggest things you need to understand is are they offering you warehousing are they offering you printed are the what's the printed books where are they located do they have sales reps who are calling on stores on wholesalers um, do they have an act? I would ask them this. Do you guys uh, upload my book into Edelweiss, which is a catalog that every single bookseller and librarian use to understand if the book is uh, on there? So it's different than Ingram. Ingram or Ingram Sparks, like all of that is self-publishing. It's called Edelweiss. And they should ask the publisher, like, are you using that? So I, I, I it's called um, the independent, um, it's like IBPA. And mm -hmm. really, I can email, but the, your people absolutely need to know and look at that criteria of what a good self uh, hybrid publishing model is. So, um, so there is an, a great company. I hold them in the highest regard. She's kind of a pioneer in this space. Her name is Brooke Warner. Mm -hmm. she, she writes press nine years ago in Berkeley. She's mostly memoir and um, novel, but she does so, uh, some nonfiction um, and not full color. So we are actually very complimentary. You saw I'm very gift. If you look at my titles, I'm food and wine. I'm lifestyle. I'm children's. I'm, I do a lot more of like full color work. And um, Brooke Warner is a hybrid publisher but she actually has distribution with Ingram. Mm -hmm. And, but distribution with Ingram is not just Ingram Sparks. It means that there's a full sales team out there selling your book at trade shows, you know, helping you um, network with all the different organizations out there, like Kaliba, California, um, you know, a Association for Booksellers is networking for, there's one down in Florida, one in New York and DC. Like, you need to ask. Also, the publisher, oh, what, what, what organizations are you a member of? Mm -hmm. Because if it's a good publisher, like I pay dues to certain organizations, right? I pay dues to IBPA and, and um, Kaliba and, uh, uh, and, you know, American Bookseller. Like, you know, you support your industry. And so I would just ask those, I, look, there's, they, if they're not willing to <laughs> answer the question, they're not they're not the publisher for you. Okay, so then I'm going to ask an even more tough question. 
Sure. Because that was really a good answer. Because I mean, that's one of the things, I mean, in talking to a lot of authors. So when should an author know when to cut the ties? Mm. So I have an awesome book. I love her. Can I show it to you? Yes, you can. Of course. So this is, I just got it today. In, oh, from, nice. That's it's a flown over. It's called Gratitude the Great. Uh, that's where we print. Full color work. You just kind of have to. Love color um, there, right? And it's absolutely gorgeous. It's got a, you know, it's absolutely gorgeous. And so she sent an email to my networking group. Um, it was like a Hey Mama networking group that I have. And she, she just said, help me. Help me. I'm, I'm publishing this book. I'm with this company. And, um, and uh, they're asking me for all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was a pay to play, like a hybrid publishing house. So I'm a, I'm a member and I care about people. So mm-hmm. I email and I'm like, Hey, do you want to just jump on a zoom? Let me ask you what they're doing. And I asked her some of the same questions I asked. I just told you, well, do they have distribution? Where, where are you going to put all these books? They're asked they they were charging her like $9 a book. Like where, where, where are they printing? Like all this stuff. And um, I just said to her, she's like, yeah, well, I only gave them like a few hundred dollars. And I said, so you only gave them a few hundred, but they want to print all of these books and you're going to pay there. And I said, you know what? I would be really, I would bet you that they're not going to, they're just a service. Like you're not going to see, they're not a publishing house. And um, so she just emailed them back and said, you know what? this is like not going to work out for me. So I would say cut the ties if they're not being honest of like, like they don't know how they're going to print it or where they're going to print it. Like then it's not, that is not the company for you at all. And so um, she did. And then we worked on getting this book now out to the printer and it's so beautiful and um, it's going on sale in May of this year. But um you know, I think that it is really just being able to when you cut ties, if they're if they're just like not giving you straight answers. Okay. On anything. Like if 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 you so like I wrote when I first launched the business, I wrote uh, this on our blog. Um it's a whole blog about um you need people, not an interface. If you're not getting a person to talk to, that's what I told Pamela um, I said Hey, who are you talking to? Like, it's like, no one. I'm just like emailing back and forth. I was like, okay, okay. If you're not getting no. if you're a computer to help you edit and design and it's like a service, I'm like, that's like Snapfish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you see what I'm saying? I'm like, that's like Snapfish or Blurb. Like, those are companies. Those are great. But that's not a publisher. You need to have a human contact, someone who's digging into your creative, someone who's talking to you about like, do you want spot gloss on it? And like, are you, are we hiring an illustrator? You need a human. And I think if you don't have a human and it's an interface, like right away, like know that, hey, this might not be a publisher. I'm on the road to self-publishing, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think that there are people who are extremely successful. Look, you, you reap a lot of the rewards in terms of, it's fi- a fi- the financial li- risk is less and it's just you got to weigh like anything your marketing dollars your business how much do you want to invest 
hybrid companies like myself, we do have to we do have to ask for a creative fee because it's expensive to make books. It's people and people, right? That's the difference. Like people should get paid who are graphic designers, who are typesetters, that's who are illustrators. So um, I pay these. I mean, I have a staff. <laughs> you know, I have a, I have paychecks to run. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So if <laughs> I know that one of the hardest things for authors is writing the book, you know, and then after they write the book, it's always that, you know, what next? So for people who are writing books out there and are, you know, are almost finished or have finished a book and and, and are exploring publishers, how much during the writing process do they need to be saving in order to work with a publisher? Mm, I think it really varies on category, but I would say that uh, you have to get a really good outline. You have to really know what you want to be writing about. Um, With my business model, it's a little different. Like you don't have to have the full book written at all. Um, and it just depends on how much you want to invest in your developmental editor and your coach. Um, oftentimes like it's sometimes good to, um, write a few sample chapters, but not the whole thing. If you really want that feedback, look, everybody needs an editor. And I think Mm -hmm. it's about, it's a humbling experience. And I think that writing is hard. I think making a book, like everyone, people can write or have a story, but to make a book is actually a lot of hard work and you got to be willing to put in the work. And I say that to clients, like, like I just got off the phone with one of my editors, like, gosh, I got to go back to this client and tell them how much work they have to do. But I said, that's why they came to us, right? Mm -hmm. You're coming back to my clients choose us as much as we choose them. Mm -hmm. I say to them, if you don't want, we always say this in our process. Like if you, think your book is done and you don't want that we're not the right place for you right like and because we we still we 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 want to work on the manuscript and get it to a certain eye because if it doesn't sell since we're printing books and we're going into wholesale which is a really hard to do actually um we need the book to work Mm -hmm. like you know, in a different way, because, you know, the, the retail market is volatile. So you need it to work. So that's what I'm saying. So while most people are planning out to write a book and they're planning for how much they want to spend on their marketing, if they wanted to do a cost analysis versus saying, I'm going to self-publish versus go to a publisher, that's Mm. asking what's the minimum that they should be prepared if nothing else to, you know, to be able to financially afford a publisher, I mean, an editor and all of those things. Because I mean, if you're mm. for a publisher, naturally you are hoping that this publishing company already has an editor that's already there so that oh, you don't yeah. have to. But no, I know some people who have dealt with publishers where they had to pay outside for an editor. Which oh, is okay. Yeah, not my- so that's what I'm saying is like drop drop down when people are planning to write a book, what's the minimum that they need to be saving when they even approach to pitch to a publishing company instead of getting their feelings hurt because they, in their mind, they might say, I only want to spend $3,000, but that's so unrealistic. It's like, you know, really it might cost them 10,000. 
And I'm sure it's you already know the number those things. So, well, I'm, I, I, I do research. <laughs> yeah, saying, it's going to cost at least at least $10,000 for sure. For sure. Um, because you have to think about it. The risk is so like, like for me, I mean, that money's gone. Like it's, it's contractors, right? So like the risk to go into wholesale, to partner, to, so I have a very different model. We partner, meaning my clients get 50 and I get 50 of whole, of the, of the proceeds. So it's a very, that's not like a, there's no traditional, like if you can get an advance, of $5,000, it's on your royalties, okay? So then, and then um, they own that IP and that's theirs. And you'll have to buy back those rights. Mm -hmm. With me, you go into a distribution agreement of three years. And then um, that's, so I ask that you don't republish it, that you don't like go to some weird place and like put it on Amazon. You can't do that in the contract. So I, if, we do custom work, but then if you want our distribution, I need time to sell, right? Like I'm getting, or with a pandemic, God, God, I was like so excited today. I like got a bunch of orders from finally bookstores that are opening, you know, like yeah. imagine if my <laughs> were only giving me a year, I'd be like, oh God, this sucks because I don't, because I take on all the warehouse fees. I take on all the cataloging fees. I take on all of the marketing and in the wholesale side of the business. That is a huge amount of money. And that money I will never see if I don't get to sell your book. Correct. So that's why I call myself partnership publishing and not hybrid. I actually get a little prickly on hybrid because I it's gotten a bad. There's some companies that are not great out there. So know your companies. There's like Greenleaf is a is a hybrid company that is, is a, has a good reputation. She writes press, good company that has a, rep, a representation. The Collective Book Studio, I call myself partnership, but I feel we have a great reputation. Um, I could probably send you a few more of really reputable hybrid companies that have good repu, rep, um, that have good reputations. And again, IBPA kind of lays those out. And the biggest factor is distribution. Okay. So, oh my gosh, that's that was a lot of really great information. <laughs> and we are... About- I feel like we nerded out. I didn't even know what this happy hour was going to be about, her inspiration. Yeah. And I'm like, is what are we going to talk about, ladies? And I'm like, wow, we're really nerding out here. Well, the, the good thing is that our audience are so broad. And so we like to be able to inspire. I mean, it's her inspiration. It's about inspiring people, you know, to put, you know, to find out information, but for also people like you who don't really have a big platform because you don't have a PR. So this shines light on all of the things that you are doing because there's, I didn't even realize even having written a book already that there, you know, there's hybrid or there's, you know, someone that's disrupting the, (laughs) the, the cosmic flow of how books have always been published. And so just knowing that, you know, you can come in and say, you know what, I don't have to give up a whole lot. I don't have to give up my intellectual property. I can go and partner with, uh, you know, someone else. And so people are knowing what to look for now after, you know, having you on this platform. So it's hopefully will expand everything that you are doing. But you've given people so much insight on, you know, maybe 
People might decide to just start writing books even more. People who didn't did not have their parachute, as Cortina say, and you say, you know, yet you're giving them their parachute now and, and they can paint it whatever color that they want. And they have choices now and they have a better understanding of this process. And so I definitely thank you for being so transparent about this process, because I learned a lot, even being an author as you know, that's self-published. So I think it's great. So and you have blogs on your website. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have a I have a bunch of and look like the nice thing when you come with me, it's like you have you're you're with a publisher. Like we give you an ISBN, you're under us, imprint, ISBN. I have a publishing lawyer. Like you're protected, right? Like it's your copyright. I want to go back to your idea of creative control, right? Because I think that that is you talked a little bit about that with your first book. Mm-hmm. Um it's like I said, it's a song and dance. But like I just had an email today from a client where she was like, I really like, I love this illustrator. Can I use this illustrator? And I thought, yeah, I, I like that illustrator. I called the editor. I said, what do you think about this illustrator? She's like, it's very different from where we first started the book, but I think it's going to work. I said, oh, to my editor, I said, I trust you. If you think, and this was a totally different direction than when we got it submitted. I said to my editor, if you think you're the one in it with her, if the, if the writer likes this illustrator, and you think it's going to work. I trust you guys. So that's a different model than traditional. Because that writer, you would never get to say, hey, Angela, I know I submitted it this way, but I want to now go into this direction. I want to use this illustrator. And we do have in the contract. I do have to look at it. So like if I was like, trust me, if it was like, well, that is like nuts. Yeah. Like, can't do that. But if it's not, that's what I'm saying. I'm really open to that dialogue, because I feel that that's important because too many people are just like also really upset that they are not in like feeling like they're being heard about what audience is also asking for. And I think that that is where we absolutely need to have more dialogue is about voice you know, if you're feeling like the reason you needed to go self-publish is because you had to publish it a certain way because your audience asked for it and, and publishing wouldn't listen, like that's not on you. That's on us in traditional. Like we need to re-examine that, what you just said to us. Yeah, she pops. She, she keeps falling off and on. Um, <laughs> here she comes. She, she comes back. Um, <laughs> okay. Does that make sense what I just said? Yes, it made perfect sense. And so, you know, so people can connect with you and find you and get information. Uh, you know, they might want to contact you. Can you provide, you know, your contact information, your social media, your website, where how can people connect with you? Oh, thanks. So we are just easy. It's the collectivebook.studio, the collectivebook.studio. Um, we can also be, that's our website, Instagram at the collective book studio, easy at the collective book studio on Instagram. And then also uh, just info at the collectivebook.studio um, is very easy too. You can always send us an email, send us a submission. We don't charge like, oh, that girl, that, let's talk. If they are going to charge you to look at your submission or to give you any feedback, I think that's a red flag. I get it, you know, because 
we need content as publishers. Like, we're not going to make any money if I can't produce a book and go out and sell. And I'm selling one book a year. Mm -hmm. We need content. So just remember that you can submit and, you know, people will, that's, that's on me to hire that staff. I do. I have acquisitions. She's, that's on me, right? So you shouldn't get charged for us to look at it. Now we might say yay or nay, but you should also make sure that you're a reputable publisher. You're not having to be charged to look at a submission. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So, you know, everybody connect with Angela, you know, to, I, I think you are absolutely amazing. We thank you for swinging by and hanging out with us. And we're going to definitely have to have you back. And I'm going to have to be in touch with you offline to, to talk about. <laughs> you will. You will. Thank you. This was like so fun. Very informative. I appreciate all the information that you gave us. I know. I know. I can't, you know, I, I can't wait for this to be played back. And I would definitely be telling everybody, I mean, and I'm connected with a lot of authors and with the author group. And I'll be feeding this through there to say, hey, if you ever want your questions answered, go here. This is where you need to be. And this will be, I'll send you the YouTube link for this as well. So that way you can do whatever you want with that as, you know, also be just putting information out there about, you know, your collective studio. The stu- yeah, the I studio hope so. The, like, the, yeah. The, what is it? The collective studio, right? Yeah. The collective book, book, the collective, the collective book, 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 not studio. Yeah, the collective you guys, studio. I'm happy. Like the idea is to get this out to like, let people know they have choice that like, they're not alone. Right. Um, Louise, I don't know if you want to write a book. Maybe this whole conversation inspired you to start children's writing. Books. She wants to write children. Well, oh, I am a writer. I just I'm just not published. So I ha- yeah, I have one already that I'm working on two children's books. I love children's books. So anytime, anytime, mm-hmm. feel free. That's like my I just I love it. I've been selling children's books for 20 years. It is really truly a delight to sell children's books. And we need more diverse voices out there. So please like continue to write. And, you know, I'm here. I'm an email away. But actually, I just feel like grateful that you had me on in the sense of just like letting people know there's another way. Mm-hmm. And I, pre- yeah. I appreciate, again, you stopping by and hanging out. And then we'll be, we will be in touch with you very, very soon. Yes, of course. Yes, of course <laughs> very, you will. Soon. All right. Well, go ahead. Okay. So does like. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So this goes live and people actually see us? People are seeing us. We've been live this whole time. <laughs> but, and then after after we we end this, I would then push it out to, uh, it'll come out on our podcast, which is a, a audio and then, us, and it's available on all platforms. And then also on our YouTube channel, our Herspiration Happy Hour YouTube channel. So we will be sending you over the links for, for everything you to have cool yeah let me know because we also have a um, really great email list of subscribers of over four thousand, and a lot of them are book people librarians and i think they make like just like if you want when you send me the links get like what all the ways they can subscribe to your Mm -hmm. um to your blog to your podcast and and your youtube channel please we will be so happy to feature you in one of our newsletters um, great. twice a month 
Okay, thank you so much. We appreciate it. All right, well, look, you can go and relax a little bit and finish your, you know, your libation. Yeah. I'm, I know, cheers. I'm drinking um, some hard kombucha, actually. I don't know if you all, I'm just drinking water. I, I do love, I do love my kombucha. I know it's very California of me. I know, I actually, I always buy it in the store, so mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, we will be seeing you around. We're going to start wrapping up our podcast. And even though we don't, we're down one. But thank you so much. For good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you, ladies. You're Have a good welcome. Night. Bye -bye. Oh, she was so amazing. And so, so insightful. So if you are an author, definitely go back and, and listen to this. If you know an author, send this to them and, you know, we'll make sure and post all the links or you can just send them straight here for them to go back and do the replay. Uh, where can people find you at Louisa? You can find me at um, the blue, um, the blue Phoenix on Facebook and the blue Phoenix Hills on Instagram. I don't know what was going on. My I just kept getting kicked out, so I'm sorry, you guys. Yeah, I know. You, you and I was sitting here the whole time, didn't even know I was out. It's so funny. I'm just sitting here listening. Oh, good night, Mom. My mom was <laughs> said good night. Sorry. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't know what was going on with it. I mean, I think this whole platform was just, like, cutting up today for some reason. But, you know, for me, you can find me on all platforms at I-A-M-D-R-P-G-U-R-L-E-Y. I am Dr. P. Gurley. For the Herspiration brand, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Herspiration Happy Hour and on Twitter at Herspiration HH. And, you know, it's been so great. for, And yeah. I thank everybody for tuning in with us. We are really loving this live version for season Yeah, four. it's really cool. Yeah. And so you'll catch us next time on the third Wednesday of mm -hmm. February. We will be back and we will be back live. So, you know. Uh, as always and per always it's been so great to have you all on or with us until the next time cheers, cheers.